say Africa must wake up the sleeping sons of Jacob for what tomorrow may bring may our dynasty on the morning bliss can you tell me young ones who are we today Sure, on our dynasty this morning, we are looking at the stigma in the black community when it comes to mental health, and specifically for men. Our guest is uh, Paul Nzimande, life coach, author, and mental health advocate. Uh, Nzimande, a very good morning to you. Madam, good morning. Oh, blown by your conversation with Pastor Thomas Day. It's a good morning. Ah, you know what? We're going from one side of strength to the other side of strength. And I know you're about to blow us out of the water. Why is mental health in general, whether for men or women, so stigmatized? in our African communities? Why do we sometimes even say, hi, this person is tormented by bad spirits, this person is uh, um, possessed by a demon because of their mental health? The, the, the reason that one can look at is potentially the consequences of having a mental illness, regardless of its source. The consequences potentially are one that that person would then not be fit they would be declared unfit for certain um, roles for certain purposes and therefore it is seen as something that deprives one of opportunity that deprives one of benefits and when something does that nobody wants to be associated with it number two it is seen as implying an inherent weakness because when you are mentally challenged not only are you not available for specific roles each roles of leadership and 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 but also it is seen that you are not able to function as well as everybody else does. You potentially need the assistance of others. And so it could imply that you are inherently weak and nobody wants to be seen as that, mainly because everybody wants to be available for all the opportunities and benefits. But also, secondly, everyone would like to be seen as being inherently strong because that just makes you more trustable, that just makes you more acceptable, you know, and, 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 those kinds of things, yes. But, uh, uh, no one intentionally says, I want to have a mental health issue. And for men, because they are not very vocal, you know, about their emotions and what they go through, it's also difficult for them to pick up when they have a mental uh, health uh, condition. And these mental health conditions, they vary in their degrees they vary in how they manifest themselves so how can we start getting to a place where men in the african society are able firstly to recognize that they've got a mental health issue there are three key things we need to be able to do the first one is we need to be able to agree as a society to remove the stigma that's one. Number two, we need to be able to promote dialogue, have conversations around these things, because it's in the process of conversation that one can pick up, or, oh, okay, this, that, and that. Oh, this, uh, it looks like I, you know, I can relate to that. And, and, and. and then thirdly, encourage healing. It's the stigma that makes people not talk about it. It's the stigma that makes people say, you know, just maybe, 
just maybe but i can't tell anybody i don't want anybody to think i'm weak i don't want anybody to deprive me of opportunity but number two in the absence of discourse and conversation there is less knowledge there's less information there's less access to information and and so people end up staying in ignorance so they are they are they are suffering but they are afraid to speak out and ask Uguchi, this thing that i'm suffering from what is it and how do i get help and then we must encourage healing because just talking about it again is not enough we must actually encourage people to step out there and 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 find healing sometimes people realize and recognize the symptoms and say you know what just maybe i need to be stepping out there and saying i've got a challenge but they'll sit there with their challenge and not go for healing so it's those three things we need to be able to remove the stigma we need to promote dialogue we need to be able to encourage healing and in encouraging healing i want to suggest that uh, we are only going to succeed when we start adopting a multidisciplinary approach what i found is that uh, or rather it's not even my finding it's just the reality that's out there the reality is that we tend to be very uh, discipline jealous when it comes to mental health those who come uh, who approach it from a particular discipline was for example i'm a i'm a i'm a I'm, you know, Pastor Thomas is one of my, 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 my mentors, for example. I love the Lord with all my heart. But once I heard a preacher say to someone, eh, now that I've prayed for you, you mustn't go to a psychologist. And I'm like, but, but, but it can't work that way. We've mm -hmm. got to be able to adopt a multidisciplinary approach. If somebody else, I, if I pray for them, they have the spiritual strength, but they might still need to process the issues. Therefore, they need counseling so that they can work through the issues and, and be able to resolve them. And that's how the strongholds will be brought down. But somebody else will also say, no, you know, this thing of you uh, and the Bible, uh, that thing is all, highly, you know, somebody says, you know, the Holy Spirit says to me, ah, and is making notes, oh, classic symptoms, hallucination, distorted view of reality, and, and, and you know, schizophrenia. We have one much. Now I'm being diagnosed for saying I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, or, or otherwise, you know, so so sometimes we are, and it's the different disciplines that tend to, in my humble opinion, be jealous of their own. That I'm, I'm in a group uh, with very respectable people uh, in another group that deals with mental health issues. And I've also got in a sense, it's just a hunch that I have, I'm not professing a professional opinion, but it would appear that even between medics, uh, doctors, and, and, and psychologists, there might be some kind of tension to say, by the time the other one prescribes to the other, and, 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 and. So it's my view that we've got to find a way to harmonize this relationship, that we are comfortable with a person seeing more than one of us. Um, that is my humble opinion. Now, in the African context, some of these mental health conditions are not known. So you, growing up, you'd know that this person has got a mental condition because they probably um, have episodes where they'll scream, they'll walk on the streets, they'll do things that are not done in general. And then that's how we'd recognize it. But now, because we've got titles and names and uh, conditions that are so intense and the words are so big, how do we come to have proper dialogues around them? I asked this purely because I had a conversation with a friend who was 
describing a situation that he's going through. And he said, I then was called by my partner, um, a narcissist. He said, I didn't even know what this word was. Um, and he said, I asked her, I said, you know, what are you saying? Explain to me in in our language, um, in Isizulu or in Isizuana, whatever it was that they speak. And he said he had to go and read up. So how do we have dialogues around mental health when the jargon is just so much, you know, these big words that we are flaunting around? Um, how do we then support men instead of just name calling and saying you're a narcissist, you, 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 you suffer from bipolar and you can't describe it in a language that they can understand? One of the tragedies that has happened in, in recent culture is what happened to the AIDS um, conversation, for example. When AIDS started out, we were all respectful of the science of medicine, and we all allowed experts to use terminology. But somewhere down the line, all of us became experts. I've seen it in marketing as well. You know, when you present a marketing concept, a marketing proposal, or a marketing campaign, and the final outputs of that, everyone thinks, no, that's a bad advert, that's a good advert, and they're not even experts in advertising. It's the same thing with mental health. Everyone is just diagnosing everyone everywhere, and you're thinking, okay, guys, it's good that uh, some of us are talking about these things, but some of us who are talking about them are actually talking about terms loosely. And it's important to be able to instill a respect for the disciplines of psychology and psychiatry and say, for diagnosis, diagnosis must be left to the experts. The rest of us use the terms loosely. For example, you go call someone a narcissist now, and they haven't really been diagnosed as a narcissist. You just don't like the fact that they are putting boundaries. Because part of the part of the part of the thing is that um, oh, <laughs> part of the thing is that the opposite of a narcissist is an empath, as it were. Uh, and um, one of the things that that, that generally uh, as society we've learned, I'll make a very crude example in a taxi, right? When we are all sitting and it's four four four, there's no there's nothing about personal space. There's nothing about personal boundaries, and, and, and So if you grow up in that environment, you're used to people being in your personal space. Now, somebody else grows up in a different environment where they honor their personal space. I was taught personal space, for example. So I'm very particular about that's public space, that's friend space. If you're too close, you're in my personal space. I don't want you there. I want boundaries. And, and I'm not narcissistic about it. I just understand that it's important for me to have personal boundaries. But now somebody comes with a loose interpretation. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, so I'm, this I'm thing of just this conversation because are, are are you okay? Just in general, I'm gonna come. I've got an A-team out Temba in Benoni who's holding the line, right? But I'm gonna okay, come to you, right. Temba. Please be patient. Uh, back to you, Babuzman. Just in general, I mean, taking the example I've just given you, I know how we women pick up phrases, and because we like talking, we've got so much that we can say, and we can incorporate these phrases, uh, phrases because we watch uh, television, we listen to radio, we read up, and uh, we have these chit chats, and then, like you say. Someone tells me about a narcissist and I, I know what it is. And then I go and call the man in, in my life who's setting boundaries, 
who's saying this should not be done because of this and this. And I say, when are we narcissist? In our African communities, Ooh. we don't realize how dangerous that can be for the man's mental health. We don't realize that we are now labeling him without having proper diagnosis, but also labeling him and almost like taking away what he's supposed to be doing as, as a, a leader in African society. The man will be the leader or the head of the household, taking that away from him and entrenching even deeper mental health issues that should be diagnosed and should be supported. Call me patriarchal. Call me patriarchal. Yeah. If you call me patriarchal, I'm happy. I'm, I'm Paul Zimande. My name is Paul Zimande. <laughs> call me patriarchal, I'll say I'm a product of the society that brought me up. To what extent is my uh, patriarchy harmful? Let's discuss that. Um, they're changing gender roles and I need to adjust to specific things and I need to understand what I can carry into the future, what I need to live in the past as the gender roles change and as our reality changes. I'm happy with that conversation. Mm -hmm. Now call me a narcissist because I say, I'm, and I'm, I want us to be very practical. Yes. Me and Ajipolsman, in my house, no woman travels alone at night. I'm, I'm very clear. Uh, so if you need to go somewhere at night, I take you. I, I fetch you. Oh, uh, that's my, you know, my daughter say, you're going to a party. doesn't matter what time you come back. I'm fetching you. Oh, Whether so it's sweet. two in the morning, three in the morning, I'm fetching you. And that is what happens in my house because I have ultimate responsibility for the protection of the people that are in under my roof, you know, uh, and that's just the way that it is. Now call that patriarchal. I'm happy. But call me narcissistic. No. Because you want to follow I'm, I'm me. Just saying, because you are you 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 want to monitor me. It's no, not done. no, 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 no. <laughs> I have I have responsibility in the end. When something happens here, I can't sit and say I don't know what happened. I'm a man, part of my patriarchal upbringing. However bad that may be, part of my upbringing is that I must bear responsibility. So I can't just say I don't know. I must actually take responsibility to the extent that I've got the means and the resources to do so. So sometimes we talk about cultural roles, uh, stereotypes, and those other things that are products of socialization, and we label them as uh, mental health constructs. When they are not, they are simply issues of upbringing, of socialization, and, and, and. and so when we start labeling one another, one of the surest ways to shut down a conversation is to label the next person. Because you see, once you, once you give me a label, then you're not hard on the issue, you're hard on me. Uh, so play the ball, don't play the man. Because the minute you play the man, the man must now defend himself. But if you play the ball, then the man must also play the ball. Then both of us are in a game. And, and that's, that's, my, <laughs> that's my contribution on that one. Of course, uh, uh, they, 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 they do range these issues. You know, they can range from mild uh, to very, very severe. And then you can also go to issues that are easily, well, not easily identifiable, but that where you can say, no, you know what? From time to time, you have um, very huge mood swings. Uh, and because you've got those mood swings, I think you need to see someone and just see whether or not uh, those mood swings are talking about something more, 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 more serious underlying. But also, again, when we encourage someone to find help, it must always be about how they are going to benefit, not about how much they are being 
a nuisance to us. <laughs> now, you're talking to Pastor T, for example, just mm -hmm. now. And part of that was about encouraging self-reflection and self-introspection. And, and one of the powerful keys to self-reflection and introspection is the quality of feedback. Now, when people are giving you feedback that is not kind to you, feedback that doesn't help you, uh, to, I think in, 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 in life coaching, we use three. We'll say, start, stop, uh, continue. What is it that you'd like me to start doing? What is it that you'd like me to continue doing? What would you like me to do more of? Uh, you know, uh, so, so, so what would you like me to stop, start, stop, continue? Well, so, so we then give balanced feedback. Mm -hmm. And that would be my encouragement that when we give one another feedback, let's give one another constructive feedback, be hard on the issue, soft on the person. Let's uh, go to the lines. We've got AT Matt. Uh, Tamba, who's in Benoni. Thank you for your patience, Tamba. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. And good morning to the gentleman there in the studio. Good morning, sir. Thank you. You know, I hold a different view. Um, I've decided that I must draw a line now between being, you know, fully colonized mentally and to continue with what I've been socializing as an African. We, are, we tend to promote all what is Western and which is science. And that is one of the key problems that we have, you know, as a country. I may not know of countries such as Ghana, Ivory Coast and Cameroon, of which from what people hear, you know, is that they still, you know, hold on to, their, to the things, you know, that they grew up with. For instance, listing of, you know, mental health, you know, the Western knowledge has taught us that whatever that the body has, if it inches, then it's an illness, if not a disease. You know, the body has been medical, medicalized to an extent that people now are talking of, you know, um, depression, stress, and so forth. And those that do not have a buy-in into those concepts are regarded as either ignorance, that are not exposed to, you know, to the modern form of, of, of healing or you call it counseling or, you know, medication. And I think if it was a fair and objective, you know, promotion of this Western science, um, people were supposed to be allowed, you know, to live side by side with this modern science. You know, because I still believe and hold dearly to this thing that, you know, there's nothing that science can do which is spiritual. You know, there's no medication that you can get over the counter through through prescription, you know, that can heal uh, one's spirit. Hence, I hold on daily, you know, to my traditional and, and beliefs, you know, that one is able to use and heal, be it through prayer as well. And I wouldn't in any way promote or, you know, uh, refer any person to either an organization such as SADAC, which is for depression and whatever, because that that destroys the body, you know, through medication. People, you know, ingest tons and tons of pills, you know, that ends their bodies being dependent to medication. And that's what my take. It's good if you promote to those that are converted, but to us who still hold on to those traditional beliefs, it's like, you know, water under the bridge. You know, we are not seeing from the same so from the same scene a home book.
Temba, thank you so very much. Thank you. You, you, you have uh, done something, and I really appreciate it. You have just made the team and I here, um, and mind you, it's all girls, uh, realize that these conversations are so critical uh, for mm. the African man. And we are going to mm. have a, a discussion that is more in-depth, a, a little round table mm. of Abantu Beslisa men um, mm. who are going mm. to tell us what they are going through, and we're going to find solutions mm. via uh, people like you, Life Coach, uh, Paul and Zimande. Mm. Um, mm. We need mm. to wrap up our conversation because of time. But like I'm saying, we are going to plan to have mm. at least a longer conversation, an hour at minimum, to just talk about the struggles, mental struggles, financial struggles yeah. that African men are facing in this modern day and age where yes. the emancipation of women is being punted. It's a good yeah. thing. But it's being punted yeah. in most cases at the peril of the man. At, at the expense. Yeah. yeah. You will allow me a step at timber for two minutes, will you please? Go ahead. Right. Um, I, 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 I respect Temba's opinion. Firstly, in African culture, as I know it, there is a recognition of mental health issues. So, for example, depression has a name. In a sense, it's called Kwandalala. And, and they, 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 that we're saying Western medicine, let's just say medicine. Because even in African culture, there are certain mental conditions for which medicine is prescribed. It may not be pills in the sense of synthetically manufactured drugs, but it will be um, herbs that have a medicinal effect. Let's take, for example, depression that comes about as a consequence of menopause. That is not spiritual. That is just a particular stage that a person is at and, and their hormones are in a particular way and those hormones need to be worked. And no amount of spiritual whatever is going to respectfully deal with that. It's a medical condition. If it's genetically inclined again there, the treatment has to be different. And I agree that there are spiritual forms. I'm a, I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray for people at times and they are encouraged and their spirit is firmed up and at that. So I agree that sometimes it is spiritual, but we must agree that sometimes it is psychological and therefore counseling. And we no longer have those social structures and facilities that allow the person to have group counseling, for example. We say in Jobo Eban, which means that a man would have a council of men that he could go to and in confidence voice out his issue and receive the counsel of a multitude. But we no longer have those social structures to, in, so to insist on a structure that no longer exists when the counselors are now available talks about um, us having to navigate that transition on how our psychology now deals. But African traditional systems were very strong on managing psychology. So gain medicinally, as I said. So all three, spiritual, uh, psychological, and medicinal in African culture are recognized and are treated as such. I'm just saying we no longer have the strength of those other institutions, and therefore we've got to look at other uh, tools to deal with it. All right. Now, as Vale, because we are we, we are already the the team and I planning for the next public holiday. And I don't know whether you enjoy work or not, but someone needs to get you here. We need to have I'll this conversation. There. We need to have a conversation I'll where men's mental health is discussed at length. Men's struggles are discussed at length, and so that we can look at this wound and help heal the men of Africa. Uh, as we close off, yeah. how can we... My conclusion... Uh, can mm. I tell you what I'd like Sir, to also hear yes, within yes, your conclusion? Yes, yes. How can yes. we, 
as an African society, irregardless of race, support the men in Africa and ensure that we don't raise boys who will become men who are wounded? Yes. So, so, so in conclusion, um, again, may we remove the stigma around mental health. And that includes uh, not looking down on people who have mental health challenges of whatever nature. If I confide in you, can I that please, which is my second thing, let's promote dialogue without labeling people. Let's promote dialogue without holding things against people. If I confide in you, can I please confide in you and not have you tell 10 other people who go to, this is the kind of issue that he's dealing with. Can we all become a brother's keeper or a sister's keeper? Can we be able to become trusted points of reference that I can trust in to say, this is, these are the issues. Number three, can we encourage healing? Which means as much as we make uh, numbers available, and I'm glad to go to Temba made a point, for example, what they now know about SETEC. But can we encourage healing? Even if we don't believe in it, can we then make it available to the next person so that the next person has an informed choice? Those would be the three things. Remove the stigma, promote conversation, dialogue, and then encourage healing. Excellent. We're looking forward to this roundtable. A blessed, <laughs> blessed uh, rest of the day to you. Paul Zimande, how do our A-teamers get in touch? I'm on Facebook, Paul Zimande X. Um, at Paul Z, Instagram Paul underscore Nzimande, and I have a very simple and straightforward email address. It's paulnzimande at gmail.com. Simple as that. That's how you get in touch with the live coach or Paul Nzimande. Hey, teamers, we need to head on out. Uh, Luyanda Maume is waiting to give us the news. Good morning to you, Luyanda, and to the rest of you, hey, teamers, stay strong. Times are tough, but your attitude will determine how the things in your life will translate. Be kind to yourself and kind to each other.